but I want you to know what I am. I am a witch. My name's Kiki, and I'm a witch. You a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> come see, come see. She's worse than the other one. Bonnie and Maude presents All, All of Them, them witches. witches, hosted by Xenia Yarosh and Eleanor Kagan. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. This was recorded on October 13th, 2014, at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. We presented All of Them Witches, a one-night-only live variety show that explored portrayals of witches and witchcraft in pop culture, film, and television. Hi, this is Ksenia Yarosh. And this is Eleanor Kagan. You just enjoyed Femme Rhythm performing a mashup of the Harry Potter theme song, and I put a spell on you. 
Um, Femrhythm is a Brooklyn-based acapella group made up of eight women, and they're amazing. You can actually find out more about them at femrhythm.com. Um, we were lucky enough to be the first event where they were on stage, and they really set the mood for our live show. All of them witches. For the end of All of Them Witches, we invited Lyra Hill, a Chicago-based artist, filmmaker, illustrator, <laughs> illustrator, zine maker, uh, performative artist. Nah, I'm always, every time I try to sum up Lyra's accomplishments, I do a really poor job. You may remember her previously from our cabaret episodes, also The Craft, and she made this film that we love called Uzi's Party, which is about teen girls being possessed um, at a sleepover by a Ouija board. So it kind of hit on all of these uh, things that happen in movies where women are magic that we really love. Including makeovers, which is a key component in the short film um, and often happens in many witch movies. You can see this movie for yourself. Well, not the whole thing because it's not out yet, but you can see a trailer for it um, at our website, bonnieandmaud.com. So this is the moment at which we're going to give you a little preview of her movie. We're going to play you a short audio clip. In this clip, the five girls are coming together to have a sleepover, do some makeovers, play Ouija, attempt to contact one of the girls' dead mother, the usual sleepover fair. And through their conversation, we get a glimpse of each of their different personalities and their different motivations for being at this party. I'm really glad you're here. Me too. Is your dad okay? No, he hasn't left his room. He's been crying a lot. Are you okay? Yeah, it's better to be here. It's like, I can't stop thinking about her. And I mean, I don't want to, but I can't. There are all those pictures up, you know? And I, I hate looking at them. I mean, I love them, but I hate them today. I tried to take them down, and he yelled at me. I don't know what to do there. Do you think? Do you think it'll work? You guys, check it out. I conned this off a homeless dude. I think he likes me, obviously. You're welcome. Pat, oh my god. How much did it cost? One tit. <laughs> I can't believe you. You're welcome, assholes. Oh shit. Um, you can have it all if you want it. I mean, it's a lot for one person, especially you, because you're not good at drinking. You can have it if you want it, just don't get sick, okay? Do you want it? No, it's okay. Thanks, Kat. Hola, don't be sad. It's been a whole year. I barely even remember your mom. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys. I'm joking. You know what you need, Ola? A makeover. 
Kat, we were just having a really good conversation. Well, excuse me, I thought this was a party. Come on, it'll be fun. No crying once we finish mascara. I'll get my makeup. I brought mine. Please welcome Lyra Hill. Hello. Hi. This movie is called Uzi's Party. And Uzi's name is actually inspired by Feruza Balk. Feruza Balk because of the craft. Her full name is Feruza, but her nickname is Uzi. Like the gun. <laughs> Why are makeovers so important in teen movies? The makeover is such a thing in this movie. You have these five girls getting together for a sleepover and a seance, and the first thing they do after having and there's a... often a cross-section of witch movies and makeovers, yes. like Witches of Eastwick, and another example I can't think of right now, but often witchcraft is tied in with transformation, so yeah. they become more like themselves or more beautiful yes. or something. I think the makeover functions in teen movies as a way to give women power. It's often the ignored friend who gets a makeover in any movie, whether or not it has to do with witches. A makeover made by other women often. Yes. So and it, then there's a coven element. Yes. <laughs> and then she's hot, and then she gets the guy, right? And it, it also just feels like something that happens in every movie, so I thought, like, I had to keep it in. It's a way to kill time, not only in a film, <laughs> but... As a group of young women, it's really a way to kill time. Like, I think that's a real experience a lot of us can identify with. Um, eating chips and painting your nails. Eating chips and painting your nails. It's as simple as that. I'm curious how many people uh, noticed something about the five characters. <laughs> Did do you notice something strange about all five characters? How many people realized it was one actress? Some of you, but not all of you. A minority. Do you want to say who that actress was, Lyra? That actress is the fantastic Johanna Hill, my younger sister. She's amazing. She's, uh, I love her because I have to, but also because she's great. And um, it was really a pleasure to work with her. She's actually a stage actress. Um, I scouted her in high school plays. <laughs> uh, because I had the idea for this movie about three years before we made it, and then I wanted to know that she could do it, so I watched her performance, and she's amazing. Well, the element that makes this so interesting, that this is one actress, is that all the effects were done in camera. Yeah. And explain to us what this is, because we watch movies online. Does is anyone here, has anyone here worked with 16 millimeter film before? Will you raise your hand? Oh, cool. Four, five, six, seven people. <laughs> it's a magic number. Um, <laughs> basically that means this was all shot on 16 millimeter film. There are no digital effects. So anytime you see Jojo acting alongside herself, that's a multiple exposure, usually double or triple or sometimes quadruple exposure. Uh, which means, in a nutshell, we'd have to create, we'd set up the shot, I would have a mat box and I'd draw the line on the front of the mat box, which was hard, and then we'd cut a mat, so we'd block off half of the frame, 
film one character, close the camera, take it off the tripod, rewind the film inside of the camera, switch the mat, relight the scene. For the second half, JoJo would change costumes. Without having seen what it looked like when Without you had shot it. Without having seen what it looked like, which means we had to pre-record the soundtrack so that the dialogue would stay in sync for that take and then re-expose the second half of the film, counting the time on the pre-recorded soundtrack on the camera and on the sound recording device because we recorded sync sound on a Bolex. Uh, I think, if anything, so. Lyra has proven <laughs> it was hard. That uh, magic is possible. That filmmaking magic. is magic. Yes. That's what I think about when I think about this movie, that movies are magic. As a 16 millimeter filmmaker, let me just say that because film is hard to make, people insist you must defend the fact that you're shooting on film. And my defense is that it's magic. And it's a movie about magic. Yes. And I think it's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. Um, can you talk a little bit about your relationship with pop culture witches and uh, witch images that are sort of pervasive, many of which have been shown and spoken of here tonight? Many witch. Sorry. I this is a great show. Thank you. Right? I love this show. Um, I am a witch. It's true. I'm the token witch. <laughs> and uh, so my, I was raised by Wiccans, by pagan eco-activists in California. So I feel like my relationship to pop culture witches has been mostly like the reaction of Samantha in Bewitched in the first clip that we watched. This is not what I look like. This is not what I believe in. This is not what my mentors act like. I was often offended. I was often alienated and often misunderstood as somebody involved in witchcraft. And it took me a long time to embrace the kind of ideas that Carrie, who talked about the craft, was speaking of uh, in regards to seeing the positive in um, films about witches where there's a, an element of female empowerment then you know, subverted by, by Hollywood morals. Um, but now I, now I can kind of find that uh, empowerment and those avenues through looking at the craft, through looking, that's what I mean, I named my main character after Feruza Balk. So obviously I see something powerful there. Um, and when you came on to talk about the craft on our podcast, yeah. you talked about how it took you a really long time to see that movie and that there yes. have been movies and TV shows that you've watched over the years that have been uh, sort of more inviting and ones that have really turned you off, right? Like you said, Buffy was great. Buffy rules. <laughs> and I watched that recently too because I, avoid, I avoided a lot of those things. I avoided watching The Craft. A lot of my friends watched it in junior high school and I decided not to um, because the friends who watched it, the friends who watched it and were moved by The Craft would find me and ask me how to be a witch um, because they had heard rumors about me. And I didn't like that at all. It was uh, exposing, it was unsettling, it, was, it felt inauthentic, um, and I was an angry loner anyway, so <laughs> I didn't want to talk to them. Um, That's funny because witches are often angry loners. Yeah, it's real. 
One thing I do want to ask you about is um, the importance of the Ouija board. Yes. So um, I, and maybe this wasn't a reference at all, but, um, and I didn't know this because I've actually never seen The Exorcist because I'm still too scared to watch it, but I didn't realize that Reagan, Regan gets possessed with the demon uh, through a Ouija board was because she's toying with the devil and this yeah. seemingly harmless thing. But, but Ouija boards, you know, I read up a little bit on the history of them. They were invented in the late 1800s and wound up becoming huge around the 20s because people were really interested in spirituality as like a way to kind of think themselves out of the depression. And so spirituality became really important. So there is this obsession with kind of contacting the beyond, and so Ouija boards spring up in popularity. Um, what is it about the Ouija board, and what is it about like trying to contact the spirit that was something you wanted to have in your film? Uh, Ouija boards are really interesting because they are uncontrollable no matter who you are. Like I think a lot of people view the Ouija boards as pathways to satanic worship, um, but Pagans who I know are also hesitant about Ouija boards because the idea of a Ouija board is really an uncontrolled channel to the spirit world, right? And that lends itself to great imagination for young people. Uh, I had experiences at sleepover parties where we would mess with a Ouija board. All of my friends, none of whom were raised in the tradition I was, um, would believe, right, we believe deeply in the power of the Ouija board. And because we believed so deeply, we were all able to mass hallucinate and freak each other out, like freak the shit out of each other. I remember when I was 12, uh, one of my friends started acting super weird and screaming after we were doing the Ouija board and all of us decided she was possessed in an instant and ran downstairs. And I can't even, like my memory has flashes of light in it. I'm sure that didn't happen, but my memory has manufactured it to be a paranormal event. I, I think that a lot of other people had similar experiences. Of course. Um, and that really compelled me because it's uncontrollable, because I think that a lot of people, no matter where they come from or what they believe in, have had paranormal experiences. And the Ouija board is a universal conduit. So if I wanted to make a movie about spiritual young women drawing on the traditions of witchcraft in films, the Ouija board is the most accessible and appropriate catalyst for their own transformation. And that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yes. That's what happens in the movie. And it, there will be, it will be finished on 16 millimeter film. So, and it will probably show in New York sometime in spring. So you should come yes. see it. And to keep an eye on your project and this film specifically, they should go to lyrahill.com. Yes. L-Y-R-A. Yes. And we do encourage keeping up on Lyra's goings on and seeing this film when it premieres in full. Um, so you guys are getting a sneak peek. So do you want to set up the final clip that we're going to show? Sure. So as you've seen, five girls are now present at the party. In the interim, while we've been talking, Myrtle, the girl who showed up at the door, uh, she's my favorite, but she and Kat, the kind of bitchy girl with the beer, they do not get along. So Kat makes Myrtle cry. 
Myrtle and Uzi run to the bathroom. There's some lesbian tension. <laughs> There's uh, some psychedelia. The first hints that this is not a normal movie. And then Uzi and Myrtle come. So while they're gone, um, Kat and Ola and Liz are doing their nails. Everyone rejoins and they decide, Uzi decides that the best way to kind of smooth over the tensions of the party is to bring out the Ouija board, which was the point in the first place. So um, where we're picking up, they've all sat down around the table and they're ready to play Ouija. Okay, let's, uh, let's all take deep breaths. You're moving it, it's not even moving. I wasn't talking to you. It's not always about you. Obviously, I know that. Both of you have got to shut up. Negativity is dangerous. I think you're supposed to move it around first to let it warm up. Yeah, Liz is right. Is someone here? What is your name? our show. I hope you're sufficiently creeped out. I'm super creeped out in preparation for Halloween. Um, we want to thank all of our amazing presenters who were with us tonight. Um, Roshleen Maltese, Tenebris Kate, Rosie Schapp, Cassie Wagler, Tom Blunt, and Lyra Hill. Give it up for them. We want to thank our musicians, uh, Femme Rhythm and AK. Um, we want to thank Sylvie Rosikoff, who's been taking photos all night. You can find her work at sylviethecamera.com. She's an amazing event photographer if you need one. Uh, Matt Carmen, who's been running AV, Josh Rogeson, who recorded this, and Jeff O'Neill, uh, who made all of this happen, and also The Bell House for hosting us but also all of you, because we do this for you, and we love you, and thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us, listening to our presenters, and uh, giving us ideas for the show, the podcast, and our lives, I don't know. <laughs> um, you can find our podcast at bonnieandmaud.com. That's the show that we do. We put it out about once a month. Um, also, thank you to our mothers who are here. And thank you very much. Have a lovely evening. That was a really fun show. It was. I'm so glad you made it and weren't too scared. 
because <laughs> I know from the beginning you mentioned how alarmed you were by women. All right, yes. I will just say that I have a new appreciation for scary women in the movies uh, that has gotten a lot more palatable since doing the show. I'm so glad. Because scary women are awesome. They are the shit. And I respect them. And I'm also intrigued by why I'm afraid of them in the first place. I think we learned a lot from these presentations. And I I feel like both of our palettes uh, were <laughs> expanded. <laughs> and we were inspired by a broader variety of women, both good and evil and in between. Yes. We all want to be a little evil. And we all want to be a little magic. Oftentimes, the evil ones are misunderstood, I think, is uh, one thing that I definitely learned. And I am now seeing Ouija boards everywhere. Um, There's a new horror movie out called Ouija that looks super stupid. I don't think we'll be covering that on Bonnie and Maud. I think we just covered it on Bonnie and Maud. <laughs> um, I look forward to our future live shows, uh, Spooky and Not. If you guys have recommendations for topics or themes or just movies you want us to watch, email us at bonnieandmaud at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter, twitter.com slash bonnieandmaud, or our Facebook page, which is also bonnieandmaud. We'll also keep you updated on Lyra Hill's film, Uzi's Party, when it is put out into the world. You can also keep up on that yourself by visiting lyrahill.com. And we have some live events coming up that you can come to in the meantime. On November 15th, which is a Saturday in Brooklyn, New York, we are putting on another installment of Pause the Tape, which is our collaboration with the music podcast, The Soundtrack Series, for an evening of storytelling about the intersection of music and cinema. So think about your favorite soundtrack and the feeling that that caused in you, and that's sort of what we're going to be talking about. You will also hear that on the podcast very, very soon. So, yeah, we've got a lot going on. Keep up with us at bonnieandmaud.com, and we'll be posting more videos from the show as uh, the weeks go by into winter, because we won't be doing very much else. We'll be stuck inside watching movies. 